This is Eric and Jordan from My Brothers and I. I'm Vince. I'm Boyd. This is Josh from Adverse Effects. This is Zanny, Rebecca, and Katie. And we are The, the Cabin, Cabin Project. Project. This is Travis from the audio sequence. I'm Jason Amare, and you're listening to Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX on PRP. Happy Thursday evening. This is Luke Neal at Portland Radio Project. You're listening to us on 99.1 FM and PRP.FM. Very special guest in the studio with us. Uh, of course, I've got Jan Emerson as my co-host. Who are Good we welcoming evening. To- hey, Good. how are you? <laughs> who are we welcoming today? Human Ottoman is here with us this yeah, evening. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Hey. So let's go around the room. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Tell us what you play. Hey, I'm Susan, and I am the drummer for Human Ottoman. My name is Grayson, and I play the vibraphone. Hey, everyone. My name is Julian, and I play cello. Well, thank you so much for being here. If uh, you folks go online, self-described human ottoman is a cello, vibraphone, drum set trio. And I would say that that's pretty straightforward. But for me, my experience, when I first saw you, it was like finding a unicorn. I had no idea what to expect. (laughs) It was the coolest thing. I went to the Doug Fur, and um, my wife went down there first, and I was up on street level doing something she texts me she's like you have to see them get down here (laughs) like i saw your whole set except for the first half uh of this (laughs) of the first song and then you released the video um of the doug fur performance which we'll talk about later a lot of good stuff so let's kick it off with soul coughing super bonbon here on prp Jen, I think we are in trouble. We've already played the first song, and like we're wrecking the studio. Disaster is going to happen tonight <laughs> in the best of ways. Oh, uh, speak for yourself. I think it's all Susan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we have special guest Human Ottoman in the studio with us tonight. So um, we kind of just want to go down the road. How did you all start on this crazy journey of making music? Like, Was there a particular memory as a child that, that you had? Oh, mine's like painfully nerdy. But, like... <laughs> I didn't really play music until middle school, which felt like a late start, just because, like, everybody else in the area I lived was starting in, like, first or second grade. But I remember being at a high school marching band show and hearing somebody play a suspended cymbal and just being like, that is the coolest sound I've ever heard, and I need to do this. Uh and can you reveal which high school that was? Uh, that was Grants Pass High School. Very nice, very yeah. nice. Uh, how about you, Susan? Um, well, I. it's kind of funny. I actually, I never, it was really out of the blue. I just decided one day that I wanted to try and play drums, which really threw my family for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't really seen drummers, and I, I tell this story a lot, but I'm not sure I should, but... I started playing without a bass drum pedal because I had no idea that that was part of a drum set. <laughs> so for like six months, I was just kicking my bass drum. And I was like practicing for hours every day. I was like super into it. Just I became really like 
intense about the coordination. Like I would practice for like six hours a day, just like. How big were the calluses on your feet? Were they like totally beat up? (laughs) It's like that scene out of Black Swan where she takes her shoe off and it's just wrecked. Just this mangled. (laughs) (laughs) If only there were a more efficient way to play the kick drum. Somebody should really invent something. Anyone out there that has any ideas, like. (laughs) That's hilarious. And just as a side note, I think you're one of the best drummers in Portland. Oh, thank Bar you. Bar none. <laughs> and Zanny Geffel and I, like, ooh and ah over you. I just saw her a couple weeks ago, and she agrees as well. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And Julian, how about you? Did you start, was cello your first instrument? It, it actually wasn't. Uh, I started violin when I was four, but quickly realized my interest was in a lower range of tones. I could not stand the E string, so I had to switch over. I um, was really happy to find out you can be almost as versatile in the cello and, and pretty much solo to a degree that violinists do. And um, I definitely realized I wanted to deviate from the classical nature of things when I was about in high school. I was definitely interested in uh, Turtle Island string quartet, a lot of um, more jazz uh, at that time. And I would always find myself in between rehearsals and, and like sectionals and stuff just like improvising improvising and i knew okay let's go in that direction that's really cool that is yeah absolutely feel like a nerd now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh the first instrument for susan was the drum your first instrument was cello and grayson was your first instrument the suspended cymbal uh almost like there was a piano in my house but i definitely started on percussion and, like, my main interest in it for the whole time was timpani and, like, spent almost my entire college career, like, preparing to, like, go and do that. And then I got out of college and I was like, oh, there are zero jobs and opportunities to do this. And I happened to find a vibraphone, like, in the last six months of college. And I was just like, well, I don't have one yet. I may as well get it. And now we're here. And the rest is history. It more than works. I do want to talk about the formation of of your sound and how you all found each other. And there's been some recent lineup changes. I want to address all of that. But first, uh, we're going to play a song from your latest release, Fereng, which was a 15 release. It was your second full-length LP. And was this the first video you made for this record? We're going to listen to Y2K, WH. Yeah, yeah. So how was that process? Because it looks pretty chaotic. Was there a lot of alcohol involved? Oh, God, there's just a lot of ice cream involved. And if you watch the video, you'll know what that means. Like, I get, like, one or two tablespoons of sugar in me, and it's basically over for everyone. Um, And no, actually, uh, our friend uh, that Susan and I knew in college, who is also a fellow drummer, made that with us. And... Just when I like pitch the ideas, like, hey, do you want to do a video with this? Like, yes. How are you with implied nudity? And I was just like, <laughs> well, it's not my first inclination, but we're open to anything. Yeah. You know? But it was fairly chaotic in there. It was like in a very teeny tiny room that we had been practicing in for the last part of like a year. And just like it was fun. He definitely had a vision, which yeah. was really helpful. Yeah, definitely and fun to just be told what to do. Yeah, <laughs> I think it really embodies Human Ottoman's live vibe in the best of ways because yeah. it's chaotic and it's fun. Uh, so if you haven't heard it, here it is on Portland Radio Project.
Portland Radio Project, 99.1 FM and PRP.FM. It's Thursday night, and you're listening to Sounds of PDX. This is Luke Neal with co-host Jen Emerson. Yes, we're here with Human Ottoman, and we just heard off the air, Luke, that um, Human Ottoman played a haunted house and a kraken emerged from the floor during their set. So how did that come to be was that your idea or that's just the like level of power we bring like we can literally manifest sea creatures in a landlocked city i knew that's what it was <laughs> the, the willamette kraken yeah so the formation of your band so how did human ottoman come to be in its original form and could you talk a little bit about uh your evolution to your present form with um, the lovely julian joining you on cello yeah um, yeah, Grayson start? and I um, started playing as a duo, like th- three and a half years ago, four years ago. Yeah, and um, we knew we wanted a third person, but we didn't know who. And we ended up moving into a house with um, Matthew, our previous cellist. Yeah, and uh, it seemed like a good option, but we sounded nothing like we sound today. Like we definitely grew so much over those three years. Yeah. I was going to ask, yeah, what's the time frame? So like 2012, 13? Uh, yeah, 2012-ish is like when Susan and I were starting doing some stuff. And then like we got to the house, started playing with Matt, and like didn't have any of like the pickups or effects pedals we have now. So it was like cool but not really like it was like much more of a novelty you'd be see us and you're like oh that's kind of cool like somebody's doing that like it's all right and then like the songwriting started evolving and we started like really digging in deep to like all the polyrhythmic stuff we really like and uh i actually got to play what like made me get the system i have now was Susan and I were playing with another band and we were opening for another vibraphonist that has a lot of the similar things I do now and like got to play on that and just like had to have it at mm. that point and like talked Matt into doing the same thing with his cello. The pedal boards, the yeah. effects pedals. Yeah, the That's effects what he's pedals. Referring to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just to have so many more options, you know. Sure. Yeah, because it's really it's really hard with the instruments as they are to like make two albums of interesting music or just to fill the space like there's so much space with three people sure yeah and you know none of them being a guitar yeah (laughs) and there's no real bass in the band so like filling that void with technology and like finding out like the tones you get out of a vibraphone or a cello when you put it like an octave pedal on it are like really like interesting and like unique unto themselves in a way that's not really out there just yet. I think there's a handful of popular artists people would be surprised. I mean, there's actually a lot of vibraphone and xylophone and and a lot of popular music. Yeah, so that's like every time somebody's like, oh, I love your xylophone playing, and I'm just like, great, well, it's a vibraphone. Like, I have a whole spiel that is well rehearsed at this point. Like a glockenspiel? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) See, explain the difference, because I think it's good for people to know. Uh, The difference is, like, a glockenspiel is two octaves higher and has a different timbre and rings, like, way longer. And it's just ultimately sounds like a toy. And a vibraphone, like, everyone has heard one. Like, if you've ever listened to the radio or listened to any jazz, like, you have definitely heard it Mm -hmm. and not really known 
Christmas jazz albums. Christmas jazz albums were a huge influence for me. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> the season. It's just around the corner. Yeah. And, uh, then, and the xylophone is different from the vibraphone. Uh, yeah. Xylophone is the exact same range as a vibraphone, but it's made out of wood, and is way more annoying. Is <laughs> 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 the best way I've found to describe it. They're like, I just don't get why they would sound different. It's just like, just imagine. Waking up at 12 a.m. and hearing somebody tinking out a it's happy like a, tune. It's like a cartoon soundtrack. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the most successful use of that was by Frank Zappa, and then everyone else mm-hmm. should leave the xylophone alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to move along here in the playlist. The next song is uh, Queens of the Stone Age, The Lost Art of Keeping a Secret. Who put that on the list, and how is that an influence? Uh, I love Queens of the Stone Age, and this one is on there like there's a lot I wanted to pick but this one has vibraphone in it and I really like this because there's a concert video of the person they hired to play with them this is really intense Russian woman and there's like a five minute sequence of her just berating the band in the green room (laughs) and just like the last show was it was garbage (laughs) we're garbage people and we're gonna fix that tonight and then it just zooms in on her just going like (laughs) like (laughs) oh my gosh I know what I'm doing immediately after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go home and watch this video. Uh, this is Luke Neal on Sounds of PDX with Jen Emerson. We have special guest, Human Ottoman. Stick around until 9 o'clock. That's Bare Hands here on Portland Radio Project. You're listening to Sounds of PDX, and once again, our guests tonight are Human Ottoman. Uh, just before that, we had played Queens of the Stone Age, and we were talking about um, kind of the blending of genres. And the first time I heard that song um, with the vibraphone, it reminded me of Bad Motorfinger, and they have like, <clears throat> pardon me, this trumpet hit, like in one bridge. I forget the name of the track. And it always inspired me, like, what would a producer like what would overcome a producer if he or she's working with a band in the early 90s? It's like, hey, let's keep it fresh and add, you know, big brass to this alt-rock sound. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how bands evolve and they blend genres. So if you could give us a Venn diagram of what makes up Human Ottoman, what would you say that is? Ooh. I love a good Ooh. Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. I should have preempted you for that one. Yeah. Uh, the three big ones are like the obvious, like rock, jazz, and less obviously like classical. Like I definitely have quoted my like favorite Russian composers many a time in solos and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. And uh, Brazilian music a lot for me. Um, a lot of the drum beats are just brazilian rhythms that i learned and adapted to drum set and you put a song on the playlist that i couldn't get the audio for um tell me about that track and and that artist because i want to find out why it's important to you i don't know much about the artist but the style of music is called fajo and it's from i think the northeast of brazil um and it has accordion and it's like usually a trio with this cool drum called the zibumba that you play with a stick on the bottom and um it just has this feel that's kind of unexplainable and I'm sure there's some beautiful Portuguese word that explains it perfectly <laughs> <laughs> and you probably like the uh, drum circle we had downstairs for the first half hour did you did you hear them down there I did yeah, pretty yeah. nice you can't not hear them <laughs> <laughs> Julian how about you what are your blending of influences well um, being the newest member I really just had to uh, like 
learn what Matthew was doing, what effect he had on the band, and listening to what he did with each track. And, you know, going off of what Grayson said, um, there was one track in particular, San Fermin, uh, it has, um, or my bad, I actually meant to say... Um, the one with, I see, I can't remember the song name, but I remember <laughs> yeah, yeah. the reference. It's a, totally. it's a popper reference, and it's uh, oh, Rose Fierce Crowning. That's what it is. Okay. And, then, yeah. and then there's also Shostakovich in there, um, which actually is a, from a concerto that, uh, luck have it, I actually played for my senior recital. It's the Shostakovich Cello Concerto. Oh, wow. Yeah. I should have put that on the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some of them, I know we're we're limited with with radio time limits, but it's like that's probably another challenge, oh, right? Yeah. Finding yeah. songs yeah. that were yeah, five we minutes or under. <laughs> <laughs> we also played, or I guess we could also include like some heavier rock to the list. Yeah, that genre. There's definitely like a lot of blending. metal influences that didn't make it onto the list, partially out of embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are no guilty pleasures on this show. That's yeah. what we'll find out real quickly. Yeah. Well, human Ottoman, will you please tell us and our listeners about your creative process and how you uh, create songs together? Do you write lyrics first, music first? What what happens usually first, or what's your process? Uh, so it's pretty chaotic uh, most of the time. It's usually like very like one very small idea, like. So usually like something polyrhythmic based uh, or even just like a weird tone and we'll come and like riff on that for a while and usually leave being like, I don't know, I feel like I hate every single thing I just played. <laughs> and then we'll go back and listen to the voice memo and be like, oh, this part is awesome and this is awesome and these things don't make sense together, but we're going to mush them together. <laughs> and now it sounds great. Yeah, and sometimes we just jam until something happens that we're like oh that sounds really like unique and yeah we're always um just after a sound that's like refreshing and yeah. different so yeah like rope uh our song rope spears crowning like was fully almost fully conceived in a jam session that was at uh sean's like woodworking studio <laughs> i think uh, yeah we just have a friend in eugene that was like come and play in my studio like i just I have to build a table, but I want to hear music at the same time. <laughs> so there's a nice little hire. How long was the writing process for Farang? Because you released um, your first record, which was Powder Baby, in 2014. So it's kind of a short window for another LP. Yeah, it was definitely like we had a bunch of stuff we wrote right after the first album. And then it was coming down to the wire for like when we wanted to release Farang. So there was definitely like a panic writing session. Well, we, it took a really long time to release the first album. There was some sort of complication with the studio being under construction. Yeah. So we had oh, actually wow. had a lot of the songs written for Farang already, even before we were done recording Power Baby. Um, yeah. That's pretty nice from a production standpoint, though. Yeah. I mean, you had your, your chops down when you went in. And before we move on to it, I know Jen has some other questions, but how patient is your engineer? Because as I saw you live and listened to your records, I'm like... The engineering on those with the distortion and effects you have is yeah. just, it's phenomenal that because that it's so yeah. clean on the record. Yeah, that depends how much we're paying them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and no, like the second album we recorded in our friend's studio, and he was like, He was very patient with extremely. us. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And like, we like are actually in the middle of 
like mixing a super group recording we did uh, with one of our favorite local bands, Kalululu, and like just sitting there trying to get this one reverb tone like right on this tiny section of vibraphone. I was just like, I'm so sorry, but I don't have any idea what I want. And like, if you can just walk me through this, like so slowly, we'll get there. <laughs> the inspiration will hit. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask, like, are you available for hire for when people are working during the day? Do you do that <laughs> sort of work gig a lot? Like, I have to be collating, but if you could come up and play. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yes. We've, we've played some interesting gigs for, for money. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Sometimes where a Kraken appears. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, how do you say this track? We've got a, a back-to-back block here. We've got a track from Farang and another one from Power Baby. <clears throat> I was going to play Raspberry's Crowning second in this block, but we've been talking about it. So I'm going to play that first. And the other one is... Three, five, plus four, what's the... Uh... Oh, it's uh, three times five plus four. And that mostly happened because we couldn't bear to call the song Time. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, that like that equation is just like the phrase structure of the verses. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. We'll stick around for that. That's the second song in the block. You just heard everyone talking about it. This is Raspberry's Crowning from Human Ottoman here on Sounds of PDX.
Luke Neal and Jen Emerson here on Sounds of PDX. You're listening to Portland Radio Project. Uh, we've been listening to the influences and original music. We just had a couple songs from Human Autumn in there. Um, so as far as your influences go, I want to ask you, who are some of your favorite local bands that you're finding inspiration from or you like gigging with? Well, we had previous, previously mentioned our friends Kalulalu who we uh, love. Mm -hmm. We just love what they do. Yeah. yeah. Um, they put on a great show, which I appreciate that it's not just like, we're making great music for ourselves, you know? Yeah. Very community yes. yeah, feeling. Yeah. 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 Uh, I would, there's not a lot I wouldn't do to play a show with Summer Cannibals right now. Oh, like, yeah. Their bass player is just like everything I want to hear all the time. <laughs> and it's like... That's all. That's. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> they set the hook. How about you, Julian? Well, I've always loved to play a show with the Blue Cranes, but what that remains to be seen. <laughs> They're an excellent jazz, free jazz group here. So, if you had your way and you were able to play with them, what's the local venue you'd like to play at? Mississippi Studios or Wonder Ballroom. Yeah, two great venues. So those are like your. Have you played those yet? Has Human Ottoman played those yet? Yeah, we played Mississippi Studios uh, opening up for Weather Machine on their last album and release. Tango Alpha Tango. And Tango oh, Alpha rad. Tango band. Yeah, they're wonderful. Um, and of course, the Doug Fur, we have to mention as yeah. well. <laughs> Again, that's one a, of the best places. Yeah, the sound's wonderful in there. It's just a, it's a good vibe. And, you know, I say this all the time, but like we're in one of four cities in the U.S. where you can go to a venue like the Doug Fur on a Wednesday night and find 150 people. No, that's not the cap on the Doug Fur, but for 150 people at a local show that starts at anywhere from eight to ten, that's a yeah. that's a really big deal. And that's again, that's very Portland, Chicago, New York, L.A., maybe Austin. Um, so cool. So you've played Doug Fur. You've you've not played Wonder, or you have? Uh, we haven't. All right. Yeah. So that's a, a really cool venue. It's one of those mixed-age-type um, venues. Do you find it challenging starting your uh, fans a little bit younger because you can't get them out to the overage shows? Is that a challenge? Yeah, it's pretty much impossible. Like, we've definitely played a handful of house shows around Portland. And coffee shops. And coffee mm. shops. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It feels like there's not a shortage of it. I guess we're just, like, kind of slacking on the house show end of things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're new to town. There's some pretty good, like, underground venues for all ages shows that I've, I've found recently, like some skate parts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the um, collective, smart collectives down the street, and they've got, like, a rec room in the back of this skate shop that has a PA and a multi-track, and it's just totally unassuming. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, the underground movement for younger bands, because they don't have access to those venues, is, is really up and coming. Um, our friend here, it's a new uh, volunteer that was supposed to be here tonight, but she's not feeling well. I'd like to say hello to Madeline uh, Wittgenstein. And she put together a list of some places that you all have played recently. And so, uh, Jen, if you <laughs> meander at the list there, there's Colorado, Utah, Idaho, uh, Oregon. I mean, you guys went all over the place. And in the span of two months, you did your spring Five tour? weeks. Oh, my gosh. Five weeks. <laughs> Lots of driving. Yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> All right, highlights, lowlights. How was that tour for you? Um, highlights were definitely the West Coast. Like, we've done a lot of shows up and down there in, like, Bellingham. Like, every time we go up there, Bellingham, Washington is always amazing. And, like, the Bay Area has, like, been really kind to us. 
And we then, played a great show in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. super fun. I lived in Dallas for 12 years. What venue did you play? I might know it. The Crown and Harp. I think it's Crown and Harp, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> did you play Tucson or Phoenix? Uh, did you go through both. Arizona? Both, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Those were my old stopping grounds. What'd you play in Tucson? Do you recall? Skybar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, which was one that of our place better shows. Really cool. Oh, rad. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, in Phoenix, where'd you all play? Um, I don't recall. It wasn't somewhere on a main street or anything. Okay, got yeah. it. Oh, you got pretty good recall though. <laughs> yeah, <job>. I know. <laughs> Putting you on the spot for all of these. Um, it, benefits to touring as a three-piece band, and have you toured in other groups that had more members? And marching band doesn't count, by the way. <laughs> it should. <laughs> yeah, it right, should. you're right. Uh, I've, uh, funny, you should say marching band. I've actually toured with the band March 4th, which is like a 20-person band. So it's about as opposite as you can get from touring with a trio. Yeah. <laughs> Did but, you uh, take a, like a vehicle together? You all ride in like a van or something like yeah, that together? And yeah, we have a, like a gigantic van that's unruly in almost every situation except a five-week tour. <laughs> wow, fortunate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's spacious for three. Yeah. Definitely. Julian, any tours? Do you have any... I mean, the farthest I've gone distance-wise with Human Ottoman has been Seattle, I think. So that's, you know, a mini tour. We stayed overnight, one night. So I, I had a friend tell me, oh, as long as it's two days on the road, that's a tour, right? That's, that's right. A tiny tour. Um, I've actually toured with the Portland Cello Project for a year and a half now or so, almost, oh, almost two years. Uh, so that that's a bit different, um, you know, working with a mix of jazz, rock, and classical people everyone pretty much has classical background somewhere but it's always different um and but but at least we we uh, we always travel in sprinters so it's it's a lovely ride yeah nice you were, you were talking about uh, like the the jazz influence and the rock influence i hadn't heard of this project knee body um which is exactly kind of that who wants to speak to this band and the influence <laughs> the microphone comes towards me <laughs> as if i didn't know <laughs> Yeah, Nibadi, um is probably my favorite band, if not, you know, one of a handful. Um, they just, they have this system of musical cues, and you can hear them throughout their albums, so they'll just be basically, like, kind of improvising and um, just working off of each other, and then you'll hear the cue, which could mean any number of things like we're going on or everyone else drop out right now it's my turn to solo i want the piano to solo and um i was at a clinic and they described this and i was just like this is so cool because to <laughs> to a listener it seems completely random like they all did it at the exact same time and you'd never know why yeah um, other so, than a written piece but yeah sometimes improv groups have those right. keys that's so brilliant. we've had done that a little bit and they also do a lot of phrasing stuff that I really love. Like the the trumpet line will be phrased in a number that is different from what the rhythm section is doing, for example. And then, it, but they both add up to the same number. So basically, it's just really nerdy math <laughs> yeah. equations. It's yeah. all coming back to our yeah. It's just super high level polyrhythms, just in like measures long phrases and everything yeah it's stuff you can appreciate i'm glad you brought it in i hadn't heard this project we've got human ottoman in the studio you're listening to portland radio project this is kneebody stick around more on sounds of pdx
99.1 FM, PRP.FM. We're listening to a bunch of influences by our special guest, Human Ottoman. We're talking to them um, about their musical experiences. And we touched a little bit on um, kind of your musical training and, you know, learning your chops. Would you talk about like the balance or the merit of learning your chops and then also feeling free to be to have expression because sometimes I think people are classically trained or afraid of that sometimes. Yeah, this is like, this kind of the perfect question because this is something like we definitely think about in every single thing we're doing uh, where like obviously like we spend a lot of time like getting together. Like I went through an undergraduate and a master's like to learn to play. Susan got her undergraduate in jazz and Julian just you didn't graduate like even not too long ago right well uh yeah I mean maybe like uh two years ago but yeah also a music degree yeah nice yeah and like there's obviously like a lot of benefit to learning how to do it but like our stance has always kind of been like when you do that, it's easy to go down this hole of like self-hate where you're just like, okay, I'm never quite doing anything perfectly. And it really hinders what you'll do as a musician. And like our thing has always been like, we're trying to find that perfect balance of bringing a lot of skill and like just like deep music knowledge to popular music that's just not a part of like what's out there just because like you don't really have a reason to know that much about music unless you spent 10 years intensely studying it right and so it's like the balance of like bringing that in and also being super accessible and like super open to the audience and always like trying to raise everybody up with us not like talking down and be like well we're doing this crazy thing you probably wouldn't get it (laughs) is like so far from what we want unless you're into radiohead yeah (laughs) i have a special insight on what they're doing even like make fun of the academic side and you know Grayson does the push up his glasses thing and like talks the honest but we don't we don't stay on that for long yeah yeah there's definitely like in the early days we told the audience if they didn't have at least one music degree that they weren't allowed to make eye contact with us during a song (laughs) and just like just doing like the absolute like most intense version of like well actually there's a lot to know which there is but you don't like it's the kind of thing I wish everybody was always doing with what they specialize in is like being a really good communicator and like making the connections from different disciplines. Susan, one thing I noticed about your songs that's really impressive is a lot of artists just have the challenge across genres of writing a, a pop length song, you know, whatever it is, three minutes to six minutes if some stations will let you play one that long. (laughs) But you have the dynamic of telling a story like you do in a song. Your songs are constructed in a way that's extremely smart, but then you have the added pressure of what Grayson was just saying. You're trying to showcase, um, I guess, the intellect of of what you're doing. Am I right? Is that a whole other layer to the songwriting process? Yeah. I mean, I think the idea is you practice these scales or rudiments or... Um, other things like that to the point where you don't have to think about them anymore and when you're in like a creative space they'll just come out of your muscle memory and they'll be part of like your vocabulary it's similar to learning a language and uh, so it doesn't feel like oh I'm trying to add this 
thing in that's kind of complicated. It just becomes part of it. It's a, it's a field I'm not familiar with. Jen is a jazz vocalist as well. So what is that thing in like with fusion jazz? And I, I guess I just put it specifically on that genre. But there almost seems like this intangible vibe in the room that everyone taps into. Have you had that experience? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I've had that experience. With, I got to play with uh, Mike Johnson's band in Dallas. Um, he's a saxophone and flautist. And uh, I don't know, there's something about the the mystery and magic of music that is probably a great deal of what draws me to it. But mm. Oh, and, uh, and I was also classically trained. I have a degree, so that's how I've been making uh, well, eye contact at you all night and sing in a choir. But yeah, I, I think <laughs> the thing shunned, you're trying though. to hit on is like you're talking about the language of music. It's like there, it's a, it is a whole other language, and when you get a group full of people... Like, you don't run into very many musicians that are, like, that schooled very often, and you get those people all in the same room, and it's just instant, like, nerddom. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, check this out. I was doing this thing and this phrase length and, like, this rhythm and everything. But and it happens like, naturally. Like, yeah. you love to talk about it. But yeah, it's yeah. better to do it. Right. Yeah. And then wink. We nailed it type thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then if you offer that sort of, you know, like, yeah. here, do, 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 do your little riff, then people can play off of it, and it becomes its own. It's this beautiful creation that just takes on a life of its own. It's There's nothing like it in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been in bands that have jammed, but I just, it's, you know, 4-4. Four, four. I know what chords I'm going to play or play lead over. Uh, so let's talk about another band uh, influence that Human Ottoman brought in, The Bad Plus what do they oh, mean to, to your project? Them. Yeah, yeah, they play on yeah. KMHD all the time. Yeah, uh, I put this one on the list, but like Susan is solely responsible for introducing me to the Bad Plus, and it's just like this is like the more jazz side of like what we're trying to tap into, where like they've got a lot of you can hear the classical and jazz and rock influence in like a lot of their stuff. And they've done straight up like arrangements of like massive orchestra pieces. Like they did the Rite of Spring as an album and it's awesome. Wow. Yeah. And that's like, that's no small undertaking and just like, uh, and they're just—it's just like you were saying, like like this feeling of anything can happen. They just capture that so well. Like yeah. they're a trio, and they just—it. I mean, I've seen them live several times, and like you don't know any—it could go anywhere, and yeah. it's just—it's so beautiful. I love Dave King, their drummer. He is a great drummer. Yeah. <laughs> so Human Ottoman fans, do your homework. If you like Human Ottoman and you don't know the Bad Plus, check them out. Grayson and Susan said it best. One of my all-time favorite three-piece bands. That is Morphine. They're no longer on the scene. Sadly, lead singer passed away. They're not making music anymore. But I do have a band that fills that void of a brilliant three-piece, uh, kind of a creative force. Human Ottoman is in the studio with us tonight. Um, we've been talking about everything from uh, your influences of the Portland music scene, and I kind of want to shift back to that. And um, it's just so wide and diverse. How do you see yourselves fitting into the Portland music scene? Uh yeah um i think we're still figuring that out like susan and i just moved here 
in February. I don't know. I don't think we've ever really thought about how we fit in so much as like we know we're doing something that not anybody else is doing Mm -hmm. and we really want to share that with as many people and play with like people that we're really inspired by and respect and like we've gotten to do a fair amount of that already. Do you think having the sound you have allows you to play with a a broader scope of musicians? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We've played, like, we just played with uh, Adverse Effects on their Cedar release. We played with the Weather Machine, which is, like, a power folk band. And, like... I mean, yeah, you named the genre. We've played with that type of band. As, like, yeah, that's been, like, the really humbling thing is, like, everybody is, like... Afterwards, it's just like, oh, we just feel like you're the perfect fit for us. And we're just like, oh, like, thank you. Like, would have never, like, really expected that. But, like, appreciate it because it's exactly, like, what we want is to be, like, sharing what we're doing with the widest group of people possible. That's exciting, too, because it would be so refreshing to go, like, again, to an adverse show. Yeah. And see you guys. And it's just, again, it's accessible because it's in the same vein. But yeah, it's its own thing. Yeah, it's kind of your own beast. Uh, your connection with the crowd is really great too. <laughs> Talk to us about the importance of of actually entertaining because it's you yeah. put on a show. You don't just play a set. Yeah, uh, I don't have the courage to do stand up comedy without the force of a band in front of me. <laughs> I see, and like definitely like really like it when the whole band is playing off of each other. Or when somebody will like even just say something to us from the audience, and I can go off like that's in the Doug Fur video. Like, oh, it's just one of those things that really like invites the audience to actually pay attention instead of look at their phone. But that's one of the my favorite things that you said live. I paraphrased earlier. So yeah. what do you say to the crowd? It's like oh, like on this one, like it's I'll say it in front of almost any song, but it's like. You really only have two options for this. Like, we really need you to either dance or stay completely motionless staring at your phone. <laughs> and frankly, I prefer the second option. So, nothing just in between. nothing in between, no mixture, one or the other. Like, takes the pressure off. <laughs> yeah. I can't deal with eye contact. That won't, I'll hit a wrong note and then everybody will hate me. <laughs> How many uh, videos do you have? Do you have any videos with uh, with a live audience, other than the human or the um, uh, Doug for live? Yeah, show? they're floating around out there. Like, yeah, I would love to see some them. house show. We have some, yeah, like, art videos and then just some random clips. But that's a really our big live show online. Yeah, yeah. That, we were yeah. on a TV show in Salem that gave us a pretty good video on YouTube. Oh, oh yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, if you want a cl- classic example of me babbling nonsensically for way too long. <laughs> we'll find yeah. that. We'll put it on yeah. uh, with the podcast when we get that produced. Yeah, <laughs> just like make a collage of me rambling, if you could, <laughs> with heavy, heavy delay. Okay. Yeah. Don't forget to speed it up. Yeah. Tastefully. Yeah, tasteful. <laughs> I'm thinking something along the lines of, like, the Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas album. Again. You know, classy, but... Art, artistic. <laughs> you still express yourself. You, the artist or the fans know who you are by the time they've listened to your yeah. chipmunk ramblings. <laughs> <laughs>
So where can your friend, fans uh, find you? You have Facebook, Human Ottoman on Facebook, at Human Ottoman on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Do you have Insta? Do you have a website? Yeah. Where all can they find you? Uh, we are on Instagram as Human Ottoman. We have our own website, which is humanottoman.com. We're on Spotify, Bandcamp, uh, occasional skywriting. Uh, <laughs> iTunes. 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 Oh, we're on iTunes. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah, we make almost 10 cents a year on that <laughs> iTunes money. So as you can imagine, we're very wealthy. Uh, please do not buy our music. We don't need any more money. <laughs> it's the digital flyer these days. Yeah. As well. Don't come to any live shows, none of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if you could, just just ignore us. Just but iTunes. Please. The exact the opposite. Man. I'm using comedy to defuse my desperate plea. <laughs> We want to say hello to Rob Braithwaite, who's a member here at PRP. He's hanging out tonight. He said, Human Ottoman is an interesting band, interesting in all caps. Uh, some straight-ahead jazz, electronica, and whatnot. Really enjoying the show and getting to hear them and ta- uh, hear them talk about their music experiences. That's a really objective opinion, and I think it's kind of the best place for you all to be. It's hard to define you. Yeah. I like the whatnot part. We could be called whatnot rock. Oh, ooh. Nice. Yeah. We're getting so close to the genre. Yeah. Like someday. We actually, we played at a couple of middle schools today earlier doing like some just like clinic stuff. And we asked the kids to name our genre. And somebody made up a really weird word. I don't remember what it was. It was like jazzical. Jazz rocksicle? I don't know. Oh, yeah. It was a portmanteau of jazz and classical. And I, did she try to stick one other bit into the word? I couldn't really make it out. I don't know. I think like the word bad was in it as like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> kids will be kids. <laughs> They're so cool. <laughs> we hope you're enjoying the show tonight. Uh, plenty inside of the band. If you're a fan, hopefully you're learning some new information. If you're not, I hope you're hooked now. Uh, submit some questions for us here on the talk board like Ron did on PRP. FM. Uh, we're going to be moving ahead in the uh, playlist here. Another influence brought in by Human Ottoman. This is Dawn of Midi. Um, again, another band I hadn't heard of in the track called They're Nyx. So good. Yeah. They're so good. Where are they from? I have no idea. <laughs> They're from the future, as far as I'm concerned. It's from like, Mars. I love the music so much, I don't even care about the people. <laughs> it's just like... The highest compliment I can give because I am I am dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're a benefit here. You can hear Nick's on PRP or be a time traveler. Your choice. That is Dawn of Midi here on Portland Radio Project. Um, so earlier in the first hour, we talked about the formation of the band and Matthew um, on cello and his um, recent departure. Um, but Julian, I wanted to talk to you about kind of stepping into that role, how you yeah. found the band and um, how they officially told you. I'm sure it was like a, a baby reveal, <laughs> kind of like in the band. No. They got you a cake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I, I don't know, like it... Um, it was a little bit more casual than that. Uh, we uh, we definitely met one another. Like I I met up with them at another show at Rook's Gambit, which is one of a, a smaller venues here in town. I was playing with a separate cello ensemble and doing some solo work, and and they also uh, Human Ottoman also did some 
some pieces that night and that's where we first sort of knew knew about each other and then a few years later um you know Matthew was moving on and they needed to find a replacement cellist so they uh, Susan contacted me over Facebook and and we met about a bar just talked about music directions musicianship things and topics surrounding that and then it went from there and started rehearsing with them and playing and trying to get to know the songs nice is there like an official brand or tattoo you all give each other? <laughs> Not you're in the band, you have a new tattoo? No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's give Matthew a shout out. He is in, uh, he moved to Spain. Yeah, he's like north of Barcelona right now. No, in Sevilla. Uh, I, he's, yeah. Don't listen to what he says. <laughs> uh, he is on many time zones simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are going to shift back to the playlist because we have a couple of my favorite female artists. Uh, we've got Bjork and Fiona Apple. We're going to play Fast As You Can from the album When the Pawn Dot. Yeah, whatever, and then whatever, whatever, whatever. 99 other words. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice little, little uh, <laughs> flow of consciousness she had. Um, but for me, the percussion um, production in this song is, is what I dig about it. What do you like about Fast As You Can from Fiona Apple? To the everything, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, like, the drum set on this is really cool. And, like, the reason I put this on here is, like, uh, it's actually, like, the vocal affects that she's using that I really, really dig. And, like, now that we're, like, playing more live, like, in our song Three Times Five Time, Three Times Five Plus Four, I didn't, like, do it when we were recording because... That song's about procrastinating, and in the spirit of that, I did no preparation <laughs> for the vocals. And I was just like, I don't know about some of the lines in here, but we're just going to go for it. But now, like, reflectively, like, I went back to that, and I'm trying to mirror some of that. But, yeah, but her percussion production is always super cool. Like, the most recent album she came out with is just two percussionists playing, like, a lot of found objects. There's, like, one groove that's just, like, a book, like, the pages being shuffled through and like slammed and like how fantastic yeah i'm glad she's back yeah she had the hiatus for a while but yeah we appreciate her here in portland she's an influence of our special guest human autumn and you're listening to sounds of pdx on prp That is Oxygen here on Portland Radio Project, an influence brought in by Human Ottoman. We're still here. <laughs> this is our home now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We have cubbies and mini fridges for everybody. Um, so we're going to get to one of my favorite parts of the show every week. We're really focusing on um, your original music now. And one of the songs uh, that we're going to be playing is, correct me if I'm wrong, it's Codename... Fulano. Fulano. Uh, talk to us about this one. Um, you know, it's really interesting. There's, I, I could say it's about every one of your tracks. There's a lot going on in a brilliant way. Uh, <laughs> what inspired this song? Uh, and this was, we were waiting for Matt to show up, and I started playing that first part of the song, the dong, 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 just to, like, be annoying. And then Susan <laughs> was immediately like, oh, wait, no, keep doing that. And this song came together really quickly, too. 
Yeah, and I th- at this point, I think we've forgotten um, what meter exactly it's in. <laughs> or ever even figured that out. <laughs> That's um, funny. Um, but it definitely has like a modulation, a rhythmic modulation, where we go to a more groovy section in the middle. Yeah. Julian, you were going to say, you just learned it. Maybe yeah. you know the... Yeah. No, I did totally write down all the time signatures. Oh, so there, cool. I, if, I remember, <laughs> if I remember the pattern correctly, it was like... Um, Bar of seven four, bar of five four, bar and then repeat that two time, three times. Uh, it was something like that. It's like layered, layered different meters, and then um, the ending might be two bars of four four. Well, anyway, yeah, it's 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 just a repetition of changing metric patterns. Well, we're going to hear it now, and I'm going to take notes. And if you're wrong, we'll call you out as soon as we come back. No, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> More original music. music. degree is on the line right now. <laughs> That's right. Was it accredited? No, I digress. Uh, so, yeah, we have a code name Falanu from Human Ottoman here on Portland Radio Project. They've been our guests all night. Really want to thank them again. Enjoy some original music.
Um, now there's a point in the evening where we're going to get some insight on all y'all. Um, and Jen has an in-depth question for you. It's kind of a heavy one. Well, this is one of those usual questions that we ask every band because it's so important. Uh, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants, as they say. So you are becoming a giant for the younger generations to stand on. What advice can you give them? I, I guess off the top of my head, I would say, like, you don't have to be a certain way. Like you don't have to play your instrument the way that everyone has played it before. And I think that's a big thing in our band is, you know, we're yeah. looking for a different sound together, but also individually, like, um, you know, just reaching those boundaries. They're not, it's not set, nothing's set. You know? Yeah. Like, was that scary for you? No, you... I, I always found it exciting. Cool. I was, I was kind of always a rebel though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm kind of like definitely in the same vein where I'm just like, absolutely, you should learn the rules, like learn as much as you possibly can and try and play in a whole bunch of styles and then immediately break all of those rules. Nice. <laughs> like there's a, yeah, there's a Tom Morello quote that I like referring back to where Somebody was asking him about like his influences on the guitar, and he's like, I don't really have any influences so much as I have a complete disregard for the history of my instrument. <laughs> he's like, everybody I love is a DJ. And it's just like, that's perfect. Like, There's no reason to like keep doing the same thing forever. Yeah. But you want to have a set of skills to draw on so you're not ending up out in space, like, basically doing nothing. <laughs> in the ether of uh, creativity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good advice. Julian, how about you? Well, a lot of great points were already said. Uh, what could I say that's left? I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of resources, like, if it's hard to find the right music to play in, in your school, if you're, if you're uh, school-aged, it's like reach out to YouTube. There's a lot of, mm. a lot of good resources online and, and try, try to talk to one of your bandmates about it or your orchestra mates about it. Like, uh, it's not that uncommon that there's going to be more, uh, people your age who are, are interested in different kinds of music that you can bring to the scene that you're in. Yeah. I, again, I can't believe how quick this hour has gone by. It's like always oh, yeah. a super fast two hours. I can't thank you enough for being here, taking the time to hang out with us. And uh, we didn't get to listen to as many songs of yours as I would like, but that's a teaser for the fans. You can go online and, and buy it, uh, both their records, and get them 20 cents, or go to a show, say hello, pick one up in person. Yeah, November 17th, Duck Fur. That's right. It's going to be uh, next week, and that's a Thursday? Um, I actually have a Tuesday show that week, so I could come to the Thursday gig. Uh, so come hang out with us there. Um, any parting words, Jen, for our special guests? Oh, I think you guys are great, and I'm so glad I got to spend time with you, learn about you, and learn about your music. You have such an intelligent approach that I really appreciate. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us and, and your thoughts. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for having us. You bet. Yeah, and we're going to send you off into the evening. The last song of the evening uh, is Infernal Mechanism of Commerce. Uh, this is off of Furring as well, correct? Correct. Yeah, any side uh, cool story about this one? Oh, yeah. Um, I used to have a job that I hated a lot, and there was a broken cash register there that would play this really weird tune like when you were finishing out the night. 
And the main theme from this song is that cash register. And it's actually at the beginning of the track, you'll hear the actual cash register itself. Genius. I absolutely love it. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, uh, I'm Luke Neal for Jen Emerson. You've been listening to Sounds of PDX on PRP. Change with the system that 